This is the Third and Thirty Podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Praveen Montrepagada, and I'm joined alongside Jason Chaddock. Jason, here we go. How you doing today? A man, Praveen, I am fantastic today, ready to get this podcast kicked off. We are so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you for joining us. Please uh, follow us on social media at Third and Thirty Podcast on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a shout, and uh, we really appreciate all your support. Um, it's 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 kind of a crazy time. Everything coming into fruition here, and um, we've been hyping up the show for a little bit here, and here we are, and. Can't be more excited to have uh, Bert Borgman, Assistant Commissioner of Chassa, join us in just a few minutes. And so much to talk about, so much to unfold there. But first, we just want to give you a quick rundown about the podcast and what we're about. And the Third and 30 podcast is meant for you, the listener. It's meant for you to learn, listen, get educated, and get inspired by something that you hope to achieve down the road in your life. Um, Jason, what, what, what is your biggest thing when you hear third and 30 and you think of this podcast, what is, what is the biggest thing that stands out to you? You know, one of the things that I look at is, you know, we say opportunity is everything third and 30. You think of a football terminology there, third and 30. Wow. This is, this is deep. We're up against the wall right now. I don't have many plays for third and 30. Um, we still know we have an opportunity, though. And what we're all about here is, is being in the moment, in the opportunity, looking towards that future. And how do we incrementally get there? And that's what we're about. On this show, we are bringing in guests that are going to add value to us, that are going to teach us. And it's not, it's not about one certain way. Here's, here's the way to do it. This is the right way. It's about learning together. We're a community of coaches and leaders because it's not just it's not just football. It's all sports and it's all leadership roles with businesses. The, this podcast isn't going to be limited to just sports. We're going to have businesses on here as well and talk to us about the leadership, the influence they have. It's about developing people. It is about helping people achieve their goals, uh, activating their purpose. And that's the big thing that we're looking at is what what drives you on that daily basis? And, and, you know, P, that's what I'm looking at right now is is the amazing lineup of guests that we have. They're going to educate us. It, we're, we're a couple high school football coaches getting out here. We, we also are in the business world. And we're taking this opportunity to educate ourselves, to educate others, to bring our student athletes together and to build the future. Um, it's about building tomorrow. And it's about building our leaders for tomorrow. And we, we all want to learn. We all want to grow. We're developing that growth mindset. That growth mindset tells us we have endless possibility ahead. That's the part that I'm probably the most fired up for is that growth mindset and, and learning from all these people. I mean, to have Bert Borgman on today from Chassa. Um, Chassa is our Colorado High School Activities Association. I am excited to learn from him and, and see what our our association within the state of Colorado is doing to help us advance our student athletes and to help keep safe in this COVID-19 environment that we're growing up through. Um, the, the amount of things we can accomplish are endless and I'm excited for it. I'm ready to go. And uh, Praveen, that's where I see things right now. If you're wondering 
what kind of podcast this is, this is, the best way I can describe it is it is a leadership podcast. And the reason I say that is because we are leaders in our own being coaches at the high school level and in the business world that we have our careers in. And at the same time, we want to bring in leaders from all over, like you said, Jason. And leaders are also coaches. When you hear Third and 30, a coach's podcast, you're thinking, oh, this is just for coaches. If you're a leader in the business world, if you're a leader in the military, you are also a coach because your job as a leader is to coach those under you that so when you move on or when your time is over, that there are those under you that have learned properly and are proper leaders with high character to take over. And that is how you keep a revolving cycle going and instead of just a big circle of craziness. You know, you, you want to have the right leaders in place. So what we want to do is if you are having trouble with a leader you're around or if you're having trouble being a leader yourself and you want to be well this is the place for you because you're going to find out different ways of how to work with leaders of how to be a leader yourself and how to really attack that and it starts within you in the end whether you're dealing with a boss or you're trying to be a leader yourself it all starts within you and it's finding what inspires and like you said drives you to be the best version of you that you can be and that is our goal here at third and 30 like jason said or I should say, as Coach Chaddock said, we want to educate and inform you with guests of high caliber and of high leadership that really speak towards giving you the right information. And I think that's a big problem we have in today's world is getting false information. That's what our guests are going to bring. They're going to bring accurate information to teach and inform you of what's going on in our state or in our country or in our world. Secondly, they're going to bring inspiration and they're going to bring uh, a, a passion and they're experts in their, in their field. I truly believe that every single one of our guests love their career. And so it will be easy for them to talk about the things that we would like to talk with them about because they are inspired and passionate themselves about what they do. And so we want to bring that to you, the listener. The one that's sitting there saying, how, how can I be the one to push? How can people follow me and how can I motivate other people? Well, that is what we want to do because, look, we're not perfect either. We want to find a way to get better ourselves. But at the same time, what better are we doing for ourselves if we're not trying to better those around us? And that's what we're trying to do here at the Third and 30 Podcast. And that is our biggest goal of all. Now, transitioning into our first guest, Burt Borgman, Assistant Commissioner of CHASA, which is the Colorado High School Activities Association, which really much, pretty much dictates everything, uh, sports and activities that happens in Colorado um, at all levels um, in the entire state. And that is a lot of ground to cover. And especially during this COVID-19 time, there is quite, there's quite a few obstacles to overcome for Chassa. And um, from what we've seen is they have been meeting diligently and trying to come up with the best way and keeping their ears open about what's going on around them to make the best decisions so we can get back to doing what we love, right, Jason? And that's, and that's coaching. We want to get back on the field and get back with the kids and coach and, and lead and be leaders again. And we are able to use different platforms to do that, but that is where our passion is, is on the playing field. And so what, what's interesting is we're seeing an ease up. In COVID-19. And I think it's important to mention that 
as we ease up, there's going to be a new normal. It's not going to be normal. It is now a new normal, as a lot of us have, have heard already. To you, Jason, what's what's kind of the biggest thing of this new normal that stands out? And in terms of sports, high school sports and activities coming back into, into play here, you know, uh, spring sports got canceled. So those that have a fall sport, how does that affect them? Those that haven't had a summer to prepare for this fall sport, um, those kids that have been at home for so long, maybe, you know, a lack of motivation – What's the most important thing of this new normal that as a coach and as a leader that we need to kind of focus on? That's a great question. And I am so glad you brought that up because right now you can get into two different ways of thinking. You can get into, oh, my goodness, we have a game coming up um, at the end of August. You know, the last last weekend of August, I believe, is our, our first games of the season. You can get fired up about that and think, how do I get there? No, number one don't lose the journey because the journey is what gets you there. The journey is from now till then. And, and uh, coach, what I'm saying is enjoy this journey. Don't let your circumstances dictate the outcome. That's a message I gave to my staff yesterday. Don't let your circumstances dictate the outcome because we have unique circumstances. None of us have been through. We're all new. We, this is the fir- one, of the, one of the very first times in a lot of these high school kids' lives where they can say, we are all going through a complete change in the world, however we're doing it together. This is a first for all of us uh, of this COVID environment. So when I'm looking at it, how do we incrementally bring them back in as student athletes? How do we keep them safe? That's, that's the big one. How do we keep them safe? It's safe health-wise, and it's safe injury prevention-wise, and it's a safety of getting their bodies prepared for the competition we know that they're going to have in August and September and October at all levels. It's football. It's, it's, you know, you look at the basketball teams. They're looking at summer basketball leagues. Are those going to happen or not happen? you got summer baseball leagues. Will those happen? Will they not happen? Um, you got volleyball. you got cross-country. I mean, I'm sure there's other sports that, that, I, that I'm missing the mark on right now. We're trying to get prepared for that fall season. We have to have a plan, coaches. We have to have a plan. And as we have smaller work groups, we have maybe three different hours of work we're going to do. I'm going to have a plan. I'm going to have my phone with me and have a timer on my phone because what I want to make sure that I have is hour one with group one is an absolute copy-paste with group three for that one hour. And I want to allot them the same amount of time because you know how we can get, we start missing things because, or we start going too fast through things because the third rotation for us, it's group three's first rotation into this activity for today. So I want to make sure I bring my all to everybody every single day, because my job is to be a coach, be a mentor, be a guide and, and work with them through this to keep them safe, to keep us as coaches safe and to have them ready for whatever the future holds. Because I'm telling you, man, we're not building winners for this season. We're building winners for life. That's what we're doing. We're building winners for life. How we help them through this adversity is what they're going to remember when they're 25, when they're 30, when they're 40 years old. How my coach coached me up and kept me motivated and hit my drive so I could be who I am today. 
that's what they're going to remember. And I can't wait to get Bert on here so we learn more from Chassa's perspective, our governing body. So that way we can learn about the guidance they see for us and how they see changes coming up in the fall, um, both with rules and with COVID adjustments and things like that. And we are going to learn so much today. I'm ready. I can't wait. Well, you know, I think it's time we probably lead into this conversation with Bert and um, we'll let Bert do a lot of the talking for himself about his background. But this, you know, we're going to bring on Bert Borgman, assistant commissioner uh, for Chassa here in Colorado. And as we approach June, it is a big month, I think, with this uh, new with this uh, new normal as we ease into. And Chassa has had a, a, a legislative council meeting, which is. One of the first ones they've had in about 100 years. So you can tell how big of an impact uh, this is in our world. So we'll go ahead and lead right into the conversation with Burt Borgman, um, Assistant Commissioner of Chassa. Here with us now on the 3rd and 30 podcast is Assistant Commissioner of Chassa here in Colorado, Burt Borgman. Burt, first off, thank you so much for joining us on our debut show and uh, being a guest and talking with us during this, uh, I'm sure, a very busy schedule. Well, it certainly is a pleasure, and uh, and 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 I and I really appreciate being asked. Um, it's 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 our pleasure for sure. Um, as we before we lead into kind of what's going on, a lot of things making uh, a lot of things making the news headlines as we approach June, um, as we kind of maybe ease out of the COVID nineteen restrictions and more uh, protocols and following, getting back to a new normal. Uh, first, we want to, you know, give our listeners a little knowledge about you and uh, your background. So um, kind of give us a background of uh, where, you know, where you're from and kind of what led you to become uh, assistant commissioner of Chassa. Well, it's, uh, it's a story that uh, uh, began in uh, Broomfield uh, where I went to high school. And uh, I did a little bit of uh, football, played a little bit of football, played a lot of basketball, um, Graduated from there, but part part of the time I also was involved in uh, the music program there. I did uh, I was in a couple of the plays that uh, the school did, and uh, high school activities really uh, really was a very important aspect in my life. It was a very important guiding guiding factor in my life, and um, so I. Uh, and I also did a little bit of sports information uh, for our athletic director. Um, my senior year of football, I would I I actually did the stats and called in the football uh, football stats and things like that for the for the school. And so I started at CSU in 1974, and uh, originally was going to be a range manager. Uh, which means, uh, you know, a person who, uh, you know, manages uh, grasses and those those types of plants that you see on the eastern plains because that had a – I had a great interest in it, but the science had no interest in me. And so um, I took a couple of years out, and as I was uh, looking to get back into uh, – get back get back to CSU um, – my dad uh, came to me and said, you know, you really like sports. You might want to think about, you know, pursuing that a little bit. And so I had been doing some uh, officiating for the uh, intramural program at, at CSU. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that I did is when I went back in, and I went back in as a, uh, 
as a journalism and, and communications major, I went back and uh, went, went to the uh, uh, intramural office to, to talk with uh, Bill Ellis, who was the director of intramurals at the time, see if I could get my old job back officiating. And I uh, met, uh, met one of his uh, assistants, and uh, uh, they, of course, were lo- always looking for officials. So that was an easy part, and and you know, and that was a fun uh, two dollars and fifty cents a game uh, job. Uh, but uh, but that was a long time ago. Too. Sure, I was going to uh, say, wow, but, that's really low pay. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> but his assistant was like was a graduate assistant on the on the men's basketball team, and I kind of told him that I was interested in sports information, and so uh, he took me over to the sports information director, uh, Mike Mills at the time and said, uh, here's a, here's a guy who's interested in learning about this. And he said, well, can you write? And I said, yeah, I can spell my name. And he said, well, that works. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I started to work for them. And then Mike Mills was fired about three months into the season and Gary Ozello, uh, took over. Okay. And Gary and I, uh, Gary graduated from La Hunta in 74, and I graduated from Broomfield in 74. So we're the same age, and, and, and uh, so this was in 1979. So my, my, first, uh, my first work in athletics started uh, that in January 1979. And I worked with Gary for five years, and then I, then I went over to the University of Northern Colorado as their director of, uh, of promotions, uh, marketing or marketing promotions and sports information. And, um, uh, Oh, about, uh, about the last year I was over at UNC, this, uh, position at, at, uh, uh, this position at Chas opened up called director of media promotions and marketing. And, um, and Gary's father, was the president of the association at the time. And so I called Gary and I said, uh, what do you know about, what do you know about this? Well, he, and he said, well, my dad's going to call you. He said, cause uh, he and I sat down and worked with commissioner Plutko and we, we started to put together this job description. And every time we kind of came to certain points, he, he says, gosh, Bert would be good for this. And so uh, Tano Gary's dad called and he said, you better apply for it by God. So I applied for it and ultimately I got it. Strangest interview I ever had in my life. It was, I was interviewed with Ray Plutko for about 20 minutes, took a tour and that was it. Then I talked to a bunch of other sports information directors from around the, around the state that I worked with. Uh, they said, Oh yeah, he talked to us for an hour, hour and a half, whatever. And, and I'm thinking, well, I, screwed that one up, but, but actually, uh, he had already made up his mind. He just was trying to pick their brains for some of the other ideas that he and I would put into place, uh, once I got on staff. So in 1988, I joined the Chassa staff and then, uh, the next year I became an assistant commissioner. And over the years, I've, uh, I still, I still, uh, handle the media relations. I do, uh, uh, I work with the, the commissioners on legislative relations down at the state capitol. Uh, I, I started the Chassa Hall of Fame um, and uh, uh, continue to be the director of that. Um, uh, I have 
overseen baseball for 25 years. Uh, softball, I, I started uh, softball about 25 years ago, and then when Bud Ozello, Gary's younger brother, came on as an assistant commissioner, uh, he was a, he was a state championship softball coach. So uh, we're sharp people. We know that you put uh, you put people in their areas of expertise, and so he took over softball, and um, and then when he retired last year, I took it back on. Uh, and 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 have it back again, uh, but then we have soccer. I've, I've overseen boys soccer. I've overseen football, boys basketball for the last ten or fifteen years, uh, or all basketball, not just boys. Uh, did started uh, was the first uh, commissioner of field hockey. Uh, that lasted wow. a year, and then uh, somebody else came on board and took that. And so you know, I've I've done an awful lot of the. I've done most of the sports. And, uh, and, and, and kind of, uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Blanford Green, the current commissioner calls me the historian of the association. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> nickname. I would agree. Part of, well, part of it is, is that, or, or is what Ryan Casey tells me is that, is that uh, I was there when the association started, but not quite true, <laughs> but it was one of the, I don't know if you saw on social media this week, uh, and I would encourage you to go back and look at it if you didn't, but, uh, as we get ready for our 100th anniversary, which will be the 2021 school year, I've been going through the old files and I've been kind of, I've been trying to find things from 1921 that where we started the association. I found the original minutes of wow. the uh, of the board meeting. Was that that posting? That was that posting that Ryan sent out. So oh I took, wow, yeah, I took some pictures of that and sent it off to Ryan so that uh, they could go from there. And, you know, and I have in there, I have the, the resignation letter from uh, the first commissioner of the association. And then I have the con the first contract for the first full-time commissioner. And uh, so I found an awful lot of really cool things in there. And, you know, and some of that is just mundane things that you're going through mundane letters and, and stuff, but, uh, I'm, I'm able to, I'm able to, uh, was able to put them into envelopes by decades so that if you want to kind of go back and you want to see what was happening at that time in the 1920s, what was happening in the thirties, what was happening in the forties during world war II. Oh, wow. Some really neat, neat, neat things. That's amazing. And that they so kept I think all stuff. we'll, uh, you know, we're going to, you're going to see a lot of that come out and be displayed. And uh, as we, as we go through our, our 100th anniversary, but uh, I saw a number of letters about transfers. <laughs> people That's always an issue. About them or trying to figure out how to get a kid eligible. Yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> Some things never change, huh? Yeah, they don't ever change. <laughs> um, now, uh, I, and we have a, you know, so so there's an awful lot, of, and I still have one more drawer to go through. No, oh, wow. And so I'm really, you know, I'm trying to. I'll probably do that this week and see what what more I can come up with, but. Um, Historically, we've had some really – the 1920s were really important to the association. Uh, 
the Windsor High School basketball boys basketball team in 1924 won the national championship in Chicago. That's impressive. Okay. Um, but there was a t- team in 1929 from Joe's, Colorado. Tell me you know where Joe's is. I, I got to admit, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, you, you. I'm drawing a blank. Joe's, Colorado. <laughs> okay. Joe's is a little bit north of Kirk and a little bit east of Cope. Does that help? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, uh, to okay. the audience, so, I promise so we live in Colorado. It's actually on the Eastern Plains. It's on the Eastern Plains. Okay. Okay. Uh, their coach was a, was a man named Sullivan uh, and knew nothing about coaching. So he coached that team to two state championships from a book by Fog Allen. Fog Allen, of course, was the basketball, the original basketball coach at the University of Kansas who learned the game from James Naismith, who also coached at the University of Kansas. That is an incredible story. Okay, so 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 just kind of keep this in mind. So in 1929, Joe's goes to this same tournament and finishes third. Fascinating story. Small school because virtually every boy in the school was on the team. <laughs> okay, on the team. But the next year, the National Federation of State High School Associations and, of course, Colorado being a member of that, determined that they would not pursue national championships from that point forward. So they went in 1929, were invited back in 1930, but couldn't go. Oh, that's horrible. So it's a kind of a, so that that's just a milestone in the association. And that bylaw hasn't changed until they didn't change until this uh, last year, I think. So, now we can now with the commissioner's approval you can you can pursue that. So it wasn't until just last year, yeah, that that rule that was still in place just yeah. until last yeah. year. Oh my goodness, yeah. almost that is years. incredible. So, yeah, so there's and, and and there's and there's always philosophical foundations for that. Mm-hmm. And so the the thing that 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 you you learn when you are dealing with the job that we do is. We are educational athletics. We are ath- we are athletics with a purpose that is not necessarily whether you're winning or you're losing, not whether you're winning a state championship or you're not. What we're doing, our goal is to make sure that these kids have something that motivates them to go to class, to get the grades that they need to so that they can graduate whether it's in three years or four years, depending upon the school that they're at. And that's a hard, that's a hard message for most people to understand. But then at the same time, we're also competitive athletes. And so we, you know, it's not, it's not everybody gets playing time. You're earning your playing time at the same, at the same time. So it's a it's it's a it's a fun job and it's a and it's a and it's a fun. Well, I I spent thirty three years at it, guys, and and um, I love it. I I honestly do, and I have a passion for it because I know what it did for me. You guys but, uh, know what it did for you. 
Yeah. Okay. And even when it wasn't the way we wanted it to be, we learned from it. And we became better people because of it. Praveen, I got to tell you about that poster behind you. Is that the Michael Jordan poster? <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> okay. One of, one of my high school classmates is the guy in the white shirt kneeling down. No kidding. Yeah. Don Johnson, uh, he worked for the Nuggets for many, many years. And that was done at one of the and, – and he ran the uh, slam dunk contest for a couple of years. <laughs> wow. That so is amazing. I was just amazing. sitting there going, huh. That's, that's one of the most iconic pictures that you can absolutely can possibly have. But anyway, <laughs> you know, Bert, you touch base on some some great historic um, avenues that your, yourself and, and Chassa ha, have been through, and uh, you kind of started alluding to this already, uh, talking to us about Chassa's role in activities and athletics. Um, is there anything further? that you want to dive into uh, with, with Chess's role in, in that? Well, I think one of the things that most people need to understand is that, you know, we, we sanction activities as well as athletics and activities means music. And there are more kids that participate in music across the state of Colorado than any sport. Hmm. Wow. Whether you add, whether you add boys and girls basketball together to get 30,000 participants Music still somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty-five to forty thousand kids are participating in music. Speech has about eighty-five hundred. Uh, student leadership has four thousand to five thousand across the state. Um, you know, so so the the goal for what we do is 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 providing quality programs for kids uh, to succeed and to reach their potential in many different ways. But it's also to give a broad base to things. And so when you, when you, uh, whether a student wants to, to, to simply play baseball or that student wants to play football, you know, wants to, wants to play volleyball, basketball, and, and run track. It doesn't really matter as long as those programs are there for them and you have quality human beings that run them. Coaches you, like you two are the so critical to what our goals are and how we do things. So a couple of years ago, we started a, a first-year coaches course just to talk about and maybe plant the seed about how important coaches are. And what they mean to kids. And it's no more, I mean, nowhere at no time in history has it been more important than right now. No kidding. Amen when to you're that. Trying, Kids, kids need need those adult role models to reach out to them to ensure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, there, and there, there's and, a lot of kids that don't have that at home. And, there's, and they don't have that at home. You're right. So they rely on the coaches to look for that motivation or that role model or mentorship or something. 
Well, it's that engagement that needs to happen. Right. Okay. And, and, and sometimes if, if, if I'm a, if I'm a school administrator and I'm trying and I'm, and I'm social, I'm, I, I'm distance learning. I'm trying to trying to teach kids from a distance. Those things, the people that are important are the people that keep those kids engaged. So, I mean, you can't overestimate or underestimate the importance of a coach and what they and what they mean. And so, if you have a coach that is in it for wins and losses, something something gives, something is lost for what that that kid is going to take away. But if you have a coach that's in it for, I'm going to try and make this young lady a better woman tomorrow or this young man a better man for tomorrow we've and we've got a lot of good coaches in Colorado we have a lot of great coaches in Colorado and we have a lot of coaches that I wouldn't even couldn't even begin to tell you who they are they could walk up to me and say hey I'm, I'm a coach well good I'm glad I tell me about your coaching philosophy you know, what, it, what is important to you for your kids? And if the first thing that comes out of it is about you, then I'm kind of, <laughs> then I kind of wonder, then I have to have a, I have to take a step back. Mm-hmm. But if it comes out about, you know, I had a team that we did this, this, and this, and we were awful early, and you couldn't believe how those guys came together, and these are the things that we did, you know. I, I look at, I look at the the really successful teams, and, and when you when you're in my position as an assistant commissioner, and you're working with uh, a myriad of programs across the state, and uh, and 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 usually the ones that we really get close to are the ones that are successful only because we see them at the state championships. You know, we hear from the others sometimes, and. If they're if 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 you're like me, I go out and I watch a lot of basketball games, uh, you know, 70, 80, 90 games a year, just so I can. I have no life. What can I tell you? <laughs> I do the same but thing. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy watching that interaction, and those and those things. But you you see those those kids who are important, and you see what how they come to love each other, trust each other. And as both as coaches, you know that good teams, coaches lead, great teams, players lead, mm-hmm. you know? And so you see that in high school more than anything else. And that's why I love high school. Okay. Yeah. I could have probably stayed as a sports information director or administrator at the college level, but I don't think the growth of those athletes is as significant as it is during that those years from 14 to 18 in an athlete's life. And so that's what I love. Uh, that's what I enjoy about it. Bert, you struck gold for me. Um, and, and I want to, I want to tell you why, as we segue here, you struck gold because what we just talked about on our intro um, before we brought you on was we're not building winners for this season. We're build, we're building winners as coaches. We're building winners for life. And and you just struck gold because you just reiterated that. It reiterated that. 
for for me as a coach, for Praveen as a coach, and and for you as our governing body's representative, we're on the same page. We're we're all trying to build winners for life because the experiences they have, like you said, from 14 to 18, that's molding them for who they're going to become. And and with that, I want you to walk us through how difficult this spring was and, and the decision ultimately to to cancel everything. Walk us well, through I think, that. Yeah, I think I think I think you have to understand a couple of things, okay? Uh, decisions like this are not made autocratically by the commissioner or the chassis staff or anything like that. There's so much that goes into it. And um, uh, we are fortunate in Colorado to have one of the premier leaders of state associations. Uh, Rhonda Blanford Green is so well-respected across the country. But part of why she's so well respected is is how she gathers information, how she processes that information, and how those decisions are made. So, on a great deal of what we were, what we had to do was follow um, directions and leadership from the governor and his health department and the Department of Education there. There's an awful lot of that that goes into that. And, um, and, and the other, the other key to leadership sometimes is patience. And that is let things play out. You know, as coaches, Hey, baseball's one of my favorite sports because it, it is so built on patience. You have to wait until you can get to that pitcher. You have to wait until that pitch comes in that you want as a batter. That's why I was never good at baseball, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you but good leadership it, it takes patience. Absolutely. Okay, and it takes information, and that's what we did. Is we got as much information as we possibly could that was known at the time to make those decisions. Ultimately, when the governor closed schools, that's a fairly simple decision because at that time it's kind of hard to, 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 uh, uh, to have t- programs when the schools are closed and you have no facilities to go to. You can't do any of those kinds of things. The one that, the one that broke my heart is we were able to get a first day of basketball in and then we had to shut it down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about at state at state. Yeah. And that, that and that that was a tough one, and that was one I think that uh, uh, those of us that were around the table that finally had to had to make that decision. There were a lot of tears in our eyes when we made that decision uh, because people work them work so hard to get to there, and we thought we could do it with some social distancing and things like that, but. Uh, Back then, we didn't know as much about social distancing as we know now. No Maybe, you know, and so that that was that became a problem. Uh, and, and so I think, and and let's just take that going forward, just a little bit. As you move forward, patience is going to be a key here. 
we have to figure out if we can if we can do things appropriately and safely for our kids because you're not going to start this if it's going to if it's going to uh, potentially hurt kids or create problems for your officials, your coaches, those, you know, everybody that's involved in that. And so, you know, again, guidance from the governor, guidance from others and, and guidance from health, the healthcare professionals on our sports medicine advisory committee are, are going to be critical pieces as we, as we looked, as we move forward into 2021. I think we have some things to be hopeful for, but I also th think we have to we have to approach it with caution and 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 with uh, you know and, and 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 with the knowledge that the states could shut down again. Yeah, you know, and, and Bert, you know, for clarity to our audience, we're on a Zoom call right now, so we can see you. You can see us. Obviously, this is a podcast; the audience can't see. Right. Um, the the point I want to make to the audience real quickly is I can looking at you right now, I can see the heart and the passion you have for this and how difficult when you talked about state, you could just see the emotion on your face about how not only how difficult it was, but how much it meant to you to provide that avenue for those student athletes and coaches and, and those families who have worked so hard to support and to get there. I want the audience to know I see it. I see that passion and that heart that you have. And, and, and I'm telling you, you and I, you, you, myself, Praveen, we've never all talked until we started setting up this podcast. And, and I just, I just want to say, I'm so proud to have you as a, not just a part of this podcast. I'm so proud to have you working with this governing body to help us in the state of Colorado, because your passion is so obvious to me. I couldn't ask for a better leader to take us through this. Well, you're you're awfully kind, and and again, we have we have a we have an uh, entire administrative staff team and administrative assistants that are all as passionate as I am, and and and, but I appreciate those those words. It's funny that you bring up the passion and patience, which I'll allude to in a second, because. You know, and it's, you're bringing up so many things that we talked about in our intro video that, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to touch base with, you know, with our conversation with you, Bert. And it's funny you say passion because our goal is to bring on guests that have passion in what they do, uh, you know, in their careers and are experts in their field and then have a true passion for it. And you definitely exemplify that. Um, as and, I'm, and like you said, your colleagues as well. Um, it's it's a pretty awesome um, organization association that's run, um, and it's great to hear. Just the, you know, it's it's um, you know, it's a little we have anxiety trying to you know he, waiting to see what's going on, but that goes with the patience. And and I think what what you allude to with patience is so key as we get back into things. Is you know you don't want to rush through. Going, getting ready for that first game. You know, you want to ease back into things and understand it's a process. And then also having patience from when things get shut down and understanding that we're going to have to learn new things and it will come back. And I told so many of the players I coach, you know, don't let this minor time, you know, affect the rest of your lives. You know, it is an impactful time. It is definitely trying. But every one of your classmates and peers are going through the same thing. And it's it's only, you know, in the great Grand scheme of things, this isn't going to last 
for most of our lives. This is a very minuscule time of our lives. And, you know, don't let the circumstances, as Jason alluded to in the intro, don't let your circumstances determine the result and determine the outcome. And I think um, it's so important for people to understand that. And um, and as we saw, there was, you know, a huge bylaw meeting, um, the first virtual. I misspoke earlier. I said it was the first meeting in almost 100 years. It was the first virtual meeting in 100 years, as you guys meet quite often on the Legislative Council. And on May 29th, you guys had a meeting, uh, talk, you know, voting on about 50 different things. Um, if you don't mind, take us inside that meeting. And Absolutely. Love to, Praveen. That, that, that... Uh, you talk about you talk about people with passion, but before I get to that, I want to I want to say one thing to the class of 2020, and to the kids that may have lost this season. Understand that you had to give up a season, but when you are my age, you will look back on that year on 2020 and anything else that that's kind of in there. And you can look at people and say, yeah, I maybe didn't get to play, but I probably saved somebody's life. And not many of us can say that. Not many of us can say that right now. And uh, so understand we know what it meant to you. But at the same time, you you have to show the courage and the fortitude to understand that you are making a major contribution to the world by the way you respond to this. So now let's get on to the meeting. Meeting is the meeting is good. And if you want to talk about passionate people, that's, that's the legislative council, our board of directors, fabulous, a, 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 a group of administrators, coaches, um, School board members uh, that uh, that are responsible for developing and uh, voting on the rules that the association operates under, and uh, we meet once a year in the uh, now uh, and back in the early days we only met once a year, but uh, throughout the years we've had sometimes multiple meetings during the year, but, but now we're back to one meeting. And so there's a lot of things that get covered in that meeting. And uh, we did a lot of, uh, we did a lot of um, uh, work on some bylaws. And one of the, one of the goals that we, as, as um, that the commissioner came into was to try as when she took, over as commission was to was to try and, and and solidify our bylaws and to to bring them uh, close bring them into uh, let's say the 21st century because some of our bylaws have been around for a long time mm-hmm. some of them still work that we that we put into place in the in the 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s you know. But at the same time, there's some that probably needed to be updated and some, <laughs> sure. some that needed to be looked at. And so we, we've been doing that over the last three years. And uh, yesterday, um, uh, we, we took a look at a lot of, lot of different bylaws uh, that will 
make participation better for kids and but also maintain competitive equity and hold that accountability that is required through the bylaws for our participants and our schools. And I think what you said early on was uh, Ryan Casey's uh, story on Chasta Now. Right. It is a great reference to some of the key things that the key things that happened. I, I have my list of uh, uh, I, I have my list of uh, the bylaws as they go down. I think one of the one of the the most uh, uh, impactful might very well be uh, the program that or the bylaw that that passed that may help programs that can't get enough or can't keep enough kids at the varsity level to hold a scrimmage during the week in practice. And so this would allow them to, to uh, bring up eight, uh, eighth graders from their feeder school to scrimmage in a, in a, in a program but under some very strict mm-hmm. uh, limitations, okay? So if you're a basketball team at uh, Fleming High School, your girls' basketball team at Fleming High School, you have seven girls on the team. That's your varsity team. That's your whole ba- girls' basketball team. How do, you, how do you have a full court scrimmage sure. and uh, scrimmage safely? I mean, let, let's be honest. You bring your male managers up and that you put them in a scrimmage, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a safe scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But in this one, they could go down to their their middle school and, and bring up uh, three eighth graders to at least scrimmage. Maximum twice a week and uh, goes, you know, so that's a, that's a, that's a big one. And that, that may help some programs uh, may help some programs sustain themselves with that ability to do that. Now that doesn't mean they can play in games or scrimmages or or anything else. It's just interscholastic. It's just inter-squad scrimmages, but it does, it does give them the opportunity to have a five on five scrimmage or, or whatever you need to have for that to happen. And it's, and it's limited to certain sports. So that was, that was a big one. Um, Some of these are typical, just uh, uh, clarifications on administrative uh, role uh, bylaws that have to have to go into place. For example, it used to be that you could uh, you could appeal something to the board of uh, board of directors if you gave the commissioner twenty four hours notice. That's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> how do you how do you prepare for that? No kidding. If you're the commissioner, so we put in an appropriate timeline for that. Um, you have uh, you know some of this. Uh, one of the one of the other major changes I think that that people don't won't don't grasp the significance of, but um, we eliminated the international students bylaw and incorporated that into the transfer bylaw. Uh, So if you have a student that comes over on an approved CSIET, that's the, 
the student uh, student exchange program. Uh, that that part of the rule has not changed. They have three consecutive uh, seasons of eligibility if they want to participate, and then they move on. But if you have an international student that's transferring in without their parents, uh, just making a just making a transfer, then there's a chance they could have RC eligibility. There's a chance they they don't have RC eligibility depending upon what kind of transfer it was. So that I think. Once again, it, 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 it goes back to the competitive equity that we're seeking across, across the board. And so those are, those are just two of, the, of the, the ones that I think will, uh, will really uh, impact people. And, and people will see an immediate impact on because they'll be able to do things a different way. Uh, I, I, you know, some of the others are just similar, but you know, the one that, that we did in support of our officials, uh, was, we changed the coach ejection rule. So if you were going to ask about that, <laughs> yeah, if you were ejected from a contest, it's now you miss 10% of your games. Okay. Your next. Okay. So for football, that's one game. But yeah. Right. Baseball, though, if you play a 23-game schedule, that's oh, yeah. two games. Mm-hmm. And if you're dumb enough to get ejected twice in a season, it's 20%. I still think that's lenient if you get ejected <laughs> twice in a season. Well, there's another part to that. When you get ejected <laughs> twice, you have to come and visit with the assistant commissioner in charge of that sport. Okay. I never want to visit with you like that. No, never. Well, that one is a tough one because that's a tough, that's a tough meeting to have with anybody because a third ejection in five years can put you, I mean, you're, you're on restriction and I don't, and our board is responsible for taking coaches off if they've been ejected three times in five years. And, and frankly, I, they're educators and they believe in the value of what you're, of what's going on. The role modeling that comes out of an ejection is not real positive in their eyes. And you know, it's it's who's young coaches need to learn it real fast. Is <laughs> is how far can I go? Okay. Uh, in baseball, baseball, I love baseball coaches because, first of all, they have too much time on their hands, so they think of everything in the world. Um, but, but young baseball coaches sometimes come in thinking that it's the major leagues, and it's not. And you know, so they have to learn how do I approach an uh, an, an umpire in basketball? How do I? How do I ask the question as to why that was a foul? And I'll give you guys a hint because I like both of you. <laughs> say, what did you see? If you if you put it that way, an official can't. He has an opportunity to, or she has an opportunity to tell you what they saw. You may have to disagree, but guess what? A lot of things out there we disagree on on calls. 
you know. But uh, the, the, we really, uh, I, I think, as we get into some of the committee reports and what passed in some of the sports committees, but one of the biggest committees was the officials' fees report, which passed, which put in a cost of living raise every year for officials so that within about 10 years, uh, they will be in the middle of the pack across the country rather than at the bottom where Colorado is right now for their fees. Wow. So that's a, that was a momentous vote. And that was just 2% increase, right? Yeah. 2%, just 2% that's, each year. Yeah. So it's, and then there's some other, there's some other increases that are in there and it is going to be a significant, a significant cost to schools. Yeah. But schools, I mean, if, as coaches, you guys know how hard it, how, how hard it's been to find officials. It I was just going to say, I know official challenge. official numbers have been low, and we've had to, you know, take a couple buses for JV and freshman teams to, you know, get there together so we can get the same officials and 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 work back to back and the, all of that. Hey, you know, there's some things, and I, I I'm I'm going to tell you right now, and it, it's. One of the things that I can see coming until we can get that officials piece up is, hey, JV coaches, you may be officiating your sophomore teams. Yeah, yeah. that happened you know? a couple but years ago. Yeah, it did. But that's but but then we can still let the kids play. Yeah, and it's so important because it, it it's it's important to make those changes with the officials. Because I think their job is way tougher than we make it out to seem. And as you make a great point with young coaches thinking it's the majors as baseball coaches. I think a lot of young coaches think that. They think they're in the NFL when they start coaching football. They think they're in the NBA when they're coaching basketball. And that's just not how it is. And, you know, yeah, I know those coaches up there might be yelling at the rest. But they're professionals. They get paid to do it. We're trying to be role models. And a big part of why there's low numbers is because of the way officials are treated. And it's and, 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 and really the high officials school officials. will tell you for the most part, it's not necessarily the coaches, although the coaches are a big part of it. Sure. But it's parents yeah. and it's the people that are in the in the stands yep. that that think it's a that anybody can officiate. Right. And I would challenge them to go out and do it. No kidding. On there. Um guys, I uh, I know I'm probably taking up way too much of your time. But... <laughs> are you kidding me? Heck no. <laughs> this is gold. This is gold. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple things that, uh, that kind of happened in, uh, in, in some of the sports committees, ice hockey now will have two classifications for a and a five, a that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that actually, when you think about it, you go, well, won't that increase costs for schools or something along those lines? But, but I think the, the, the ice hockey committee did a good job of looking at, uh, uh, building those those conferences so that they're closer to each other so that there's less travel for those teams. Now, at the playoffs, that's a whole different story. But people when you get to the playoffs, people tend to forget that forget about the the you know, some of that expense piece because they made it to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, and so there there's that piece. Um Bas uh, baseball uh the 2A baseball uh folks uh amended the uh, committee report in a unique way, they will play their uh, they'll play their state championship game on the same weekend with three A, four A, and five A on that okay. same day, that same Saturday. But it'll just be the championship game, so that'll be fun because I'm gonna my plan is to double header it with you know one of the other classifications, mm -hmm. and uh, and what they'll what they're going to be able to do is they're going to come in with uh, 
with all of their pitch counts in place and all of their arms and everybody available for that. So that should be, that should be one of the best championship games for, for, for two a baseball, which I think is a neat thing. And, and baseball in and of itself, baseball, we re, we redid those one, two, three, a classifications this year and made them uh, a little bit bigger, kind of balanced them out so that you have the same number of schools, roughly the same number mm-hmm. of schools in each classification. Uh, that way we felt like we could sustain one, a baseball. And that's a, for me, that was a big, that's a big piece because now you, you have some one, a kids that are going to get to play, continue to get to play baseball. Absolutely. That's a win. Um, and, and then on the basketball side, uh, the biggest, the biggest change on the basketball side was uh, 5A uh, amended the committee report and 4A jumped on board. Uh, to change the manner in which they were seated, they would t- they'll use uh, uh, a combination of the coaches poll, max preps, and RPI in or and then they'll rank them in order. Okay. Uh, to 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 seed it, and that will be a much a much stronger bracketing process than even we've had. But we've and and actually RPI did a great job with it for the most part. But sometimes you ended up with some. You ended up with a quadrant that might might have been a little top end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, everything else kind of kind of played itself out, and that was that's nice, and that that's a reflection on the work that the that the that the Chassa advisory committees do, and the prep work that we do for our with our with our committees as staff members. Uh, to 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 take what we hear during the year, because believe me, we hear a little bit, mm. <laughs> um, and and take that and, and take it to the committee that can make some of those decisions. Okay, and uh, uh, and then they and then those committees will put together these reports that design the playoffs, and uh, then the then the membership as a whole gets to vote on it. Outside of that, guys, I think I would just kind of throw it to you to ask more questions if you want. Well, that was a great rundown about the meeting. I think that really gives um, an insight because sometimes the wording for people it kind of gets confusing. It's it's we appreciate you kind of you know giving a, a spelling it out for us to kind of make it help us understand. And those are some big changes, and it's fantastic to have them. Jason, I think you have a, I think you have one for him. Yeah, one of the the things that I was looking at. If we can, if we can just get one piece of clarity, is in a message we saw a while ago. It was in regards to uh, Chesa will be convening a resocialization to activities task force after June first. And is that still on schedule? Will that still be going on? Through yeah, the that that summer? meeting is still on schedule. And understand what that means is that that will be primarily made up of medical personnel. Okay. That can help advise us as to what is is uh, safe and how do we get back into sports in a in a in a logical, safe way. Is that going to be in three phases? Is that going to be right out of the box? I don't count on that. <laughs> uh, right. Is that going to be okay? So let's say we we can start some sports in the fall. What are those going to look like? How do we what do we have to look at when we do that? 
And so staff will be staff will be a part of that. And a few uh, we have we have representatives from around the state, a few representatives, school of representatives from around the state that will be listening in as well. But the primary direction will be coming from from the medical people. OK, and so there's you know, everybody wants a seat at the table, but we and it's and it's all about egos when you, when you think about it from that standpoint. Uh, what we're looking at is we need the people that know what has to be done. Okay. So, uh, you know, if you look at what the national federation sent out, uh, earlier or last within the last 10 days on some suggestions on how to get start, we get to get started again, or what the NCAA is doing and, and in their resocialization, piece of that, mm-hmm. then I think you get, I think you can get a picture as to what is going to transpire in that. And, and it's going to not just be one meeting, it's going to have to be multiple meetings because there's going to be things that we're going to, that, that they're going to have to discuss, make recommendations on staff goes back and works on it, brings it back. And they say, uh, no, you didn't get the point. No, <laughs> I, that's mostly directed to me. Um, <laughs> but, rethink that strategy. Yeah, you need to rethink that strategy. You know those kinds of things. Yeah, and, and, and then uh, you know because I think Rhonda said it best. I, you know, our staff is our staff is really strong. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm going to brag on them a little bit. Uh, uh, I've been here a long time and worked with a lot of staffs and worked with a lot of great people. But the people who work on the Chassis staff are creative and they get their sports and they understand their sports. And they can come up with the answers that we may need as we move forward with the information that we get so maybe we can have sports next year or in the fall. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's obviously what, what we're all hoping for is to get those experts together and to be able to get some good critical decisions because we're coaches. We obviously want to be able to have that avenue with our athletes. Again, like we said before, to build those winners for life. And, uh, Absolutely. And- and Bert, um, yeah. last last question I have here for you that I wanted to to bring up. This might be the toughest question for you today. I, I, we would like to dive into what is the most enjoyable part of your job, and how has it impacted you professionally? I think it's the people, the people that I meet, the people that I work with. That means coaches. That means kids. That means uh, my colleagues. Uh, you guys probably aren't aware, but last year, and I want to. This is my. This is all my colleagues. Uh, a couple of years ago, my wife was diagnosed with a, a rare form of liver cancer, and and so we were going through uh, that time, and ultimately she passed last year, and the 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 
the care, the love, the the patience that the uh, association schools, uh, the ADs, the coaches I've worked with, my colleagues, they're the ones that allowed me to get through that. And they're the ones that kind of carried me for a year as I was working to try and take care of her, but still try and do the same level of, of, of work that I, that I, I expect of myself, you expect of me. And we were able to do that because of who the people are. And, and that's one thing that many people don't understand is, yeah, we're in sports, but folks, we're in a people business. What we do every day impacts somebody. It impacts somebody's life. So by golly, we better make sure that we're trying to make that impact a positive impact. And when, and so I have always been, thanks to my father and my mother, the 30,000 foot guy. Okay, that means I look at things from a 30,000-foot level. You guys look at it from the 100-foot level. You're, you're focused in on what, what it is you're doing. I have to look at it from the global perspective. And that's what our office is. We're the ones that look at it for, for the kids in Campo to the kids in Maybell the kids in Julesburg to the kids in Montezuma Cortez. How does this impact them? And every decision that we make impacts somebody somehow. And we're not perfect, never have been. But one of the things that I think you can honestly say with our staff and with, with the way that we are structured as an association is it's, it's about all kids, not about your kid, not about your kid. Um, you know, and so it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's really that global perspective and, and it's that overall perspective. And that's what I like about my job. And it doesn't mean that I, I mean, I could probably have been a, a an okay coach, but I felt like I'm far more effective from where I am. And that's, and I, I, I could go through, and I and I'm going to. Okay, I thank Gary Ozello for keeping me around for as long as he did. <laughs> I thank the University of Northern Colorado for taking a chance on me. I thank Ray Plutko, the first commissioner I worked for. I thank Bob Ottawell, the second commissioner I worked for. I thank Bill Reeder. I thank Paul Angelico, and I thank Rhonda Blanford-Green. I could not have asked for better people to learn how to lead from than those people. Bert, I mean, I, it's almost hard to respond to that. I was, I, it's, uh, I, I appreciate your honesty um, with that answer. I think it's so – it really truly shows your passion 
um, in what you do. And I couldn't agree more about the people involved. And, on, you know, from both of us, me and Jason, we, we, we truly appreciate your humility, your humbleness, your unselfishness, and, and the impact you make on, on the kids that we get to coach every day. And uh, um, we really appreciate you taking taking time uh, to speak with us on our debut show for third and thirty, I think you you hit one out of the park, no pun intended, so um, you know th- thank you so much for joining us and and I hopefully one day we get the opportunity to meet you in person face to face and uh, oh, I look forward to it I was going to tell you, please send me your schedules i 'll come up and watch absolutely i got it. Got to evaluate you as coaches now. <laughs> yeah, we got you. Got to you. Got to understand if we're real people. I got you as podcast hosts. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, again, thank you so much, Bert, for taking time out of your schedule, and we 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 truly do appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Just again, a quick shout out to Bert Borgman for for joining us. Uh, taking the time out. I know we've said it a, a million times, but it can't be said enough. I mean, what a great conversation, conversation we had with Bert just then. And so impactful and just so much to piece by piece take out of it. But um, for you, uh, one or two highlights that st- stands out to you the most that we want to reiterate to our audience, Jason. You know, one of the things that I'll, I'll actually start with is the ending. And the way that Bert, put his heart out there, talked about the importance of people. And for me, that's so influential to us, that importance of people. And because it's, you know, people are always going to remember. It's not about what you know. It's about how much you care. People are, people don't, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And, with Bert, you can tell it was clear that, you know, the relationships that he's built over the years, the focus that he's had, um, he really highlighted that. The The story that he shared about his wife was very impactful to me. Um, you know, certainly I've, I've seen some family members go through, go through battles with cancer. And for him to share that story and how his colleagues all worked together, to me, that was really, really deep. And, and I'm so grateful that he shared that with us. And from the beginning of his journey till the end, uh, I guess not end because you know he's 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 still going. He's very active. No in, in Chassa, and he's still going on a hundred things. But from the beginning of the story until currently, let's talk currently. He is so people oriented. He was telling us about people from 1974, 1979, 1988 when he started with Chassa. Uh, he just repeatedly, you can tell the amazing relationships he's built over the years. I think the next major impactful piece to me was the love and passion he has for serving. It's that servant leadership. He is... So proud to be a part of Chassa and, and him sharing Chassa's, Chassa's journey and where they've come from over the last, you know, 99 years. <laughs> Amazing history lesson we just got. I mean, he mentioned multiple places that, that I thought, wow, I feel, I feel stupid. I, just, I have no idea I where that place is. I just took a Colorado history class. I feel really bad. I didn't know about those places. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is amazing. The journey and what I want our listeners, what I want our, our student athletes, all sports student athletes, what I want our people involved in activities. He shared music. 
music has more participants um, involved than than any any sport. And I thought, wow, I, I actually was shocked by by that. Any any singular sport. And what what I look at is to say, how awesome is it? Our governing bodies passion, their heart, and for, for us to be able to get that inside look today for, for us as coaches and for our listeners, I loved it. I, I think some of the bylaw changes have been spectacular. Um, I, one we didn't talk about but I thought was neat was 5A football switching to the, the high seed will host versus going to neutral sites as, as, the, as the playoffs continue. I thought that was an interesting one as well in those bylaws or in those legislative changes. Um, so, so that's really where I am, his heart, his journey. And I want our high school athletes to know that journey, man, you you know, his message to the 2020 class uh, that was heartfelt. Um, it, it's, it's a journey. This is a piece of that journey. And in, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, you're going to look back at the lessons you learned during this time. And, and they're going to be what paves the way for a new challenge you're going through. So that that's really where I where, where I was really impacted, um, the amount of stuff that he's done, what he's been a part of. It was so special to hear all that, and, and to know that our governing body is watching out for us and trying to help us um, be successful coaches, successful leaders. I, I thought that was priceless. What about you? How are you feeling? I mean, there's just you know I. It's so fresh. You know, we go right into this right after we got off with Bert. You know, I almost want to listen to the whole thing again and just dissect every single piece. There's so much of what he, he brought to us. Like you said, the historical things, the bylaws, his, 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 his personal, professional um, career, and the impact he really has. And look, this is no rookie. He's been in there for a long time, and he has seen a <laughs> lot of people come in and out, a lot of rules change, come and go, um, a lot of different scenarios, good, bad, the ugly. And it, 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 you know, it was just really um, uh, you know, amazing for me to get that insight um, from someone at such a high level. Uh, this is – these are people we don't really see as coaches every day. You know, we and, – and this goes for everyone talking about how these guys are people. We think of them as just an association. We think of them as just a group that kind of works robotically and that they aren't people and they just like are just making decisions based on who knows what, right? And, and I think that goes for even sometimes professional athletes. You know, a good example is fantasy football. You know, we, we take we, – we don't treat we, – we dehumanize these humans, <laughs> we, we take them away from who they are because we, we think that they're just operating by a different set of rules and they're not thinking about what we th- think they should, like the kids, the teachers, the coaches. They are. They are passionate. They are truly invested in what they do. And, yes, it's a job and they get paid to do it, but I, I respect those people that find a passion or go for – a career in their passion because it, it, it makes an impact to whoever's involved. And they are people. I mean, Bert has been through tragedy. He's been through success. He's been through similar things that we all have gone through. Yet he has to make decisions, as he said, from a 30,000-foot level. So he has to see it broader than just himself. And if we can all see it in that level, 
I think we can all put ourselves in a better place. And that's why I appreciate what he brought to the table. And I, and I like that. He's known as the 30,000-foot guy because he has to see things from extreme. I mean, when you think about some of the schools he was bringing up, we never think about those schools. They're in a different classification. They're in a different part of the state. We don't think about some of those places. But the, it just shows how many different activities, schools, kids he, has to, he impacts on a daily basis. And he takes that to heart. And he's passionate about making the best decision he possibly can. Look, we can't please everybody, but I truly appreciate what he did to bring that. And, and, and the bylaws, absolutely. I thought some of those, uh, the, the two-way baseball situation with having the championship game uh, matched up with some of those upper-level classifications to make it a doubleheader, I thought that's extremely awesome from a recruiting standpoint, from just a fan standpoint, for the experience standpoint. I think those are those are extremely incredible. Um, having two classifications for hockey, I think that's fantastic. Um, building that sport, I think it's a, an incredible sport. It's a extremely hard sport, and watching high school kids play hockey at a high level is Pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. There's so many things to unpack, but, you know, I think those are the things that really stand out to me. Um, you know, he, he, we're all people. We're all humans. And we just need to really understand that and not forget that. You know, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. And there's no there's no way around that. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that I really enjoyed in our pre-conversation and then also having Bert on was was talking about we're all building winners for life. And I, I really, I, I love that statement of building winners for life because it's not about just this season. It's about life. And he really alluded to that. And, and knowing that someone and a group of people, because he highlighted chess as an organization, knowing a group of people is sitting at that table, knowing we're trying to build winners for life. Uh, what I wanted to highlight with that is you and I have talked about drive on our We've talked about it a little bit on, on the podcast. We, we've posted about it on social media. Um, I, I really want to give the listeners just a quick snapshot of Drive because you're hearing about it. We want you to know about it. And then what I'm really looking at is we'll have another show where we dive into it further and you guys learn more about Drive. Um, right now, the D for Drive is about determination. Um, determination is that fortitude, the resolve you have to get through a situation. The R is, stands for the rigor. That is the, the precision, objectivity, being meticulous at what you're doing. And the I is inspiration. We've got to be inspired by an idea, have a passion, and have a vision. And then we hit victory. Victory is, is that win. It's that success in the moment. The E is where it all comes to fruition. The E is the excellence. Excellence is a, is a distinction and it is a quality over a period of time, over a long period of time, not an overnight success. Excellence is, you know, it, it's kind of like looking at that franchise that just does nothing but win for long periods of time. Uh, you and I have talked about it before, about the UCLA championships back in the day, uh, hitting an unbelievable amount of uh, consistency with, with, with excellence. So drive is something we're really going to focus on. That, that's our goal, uh, You'll see hashtag drive. It's important to us. It's pun intended. It is what drives us to do this and have that belief and opportunity is everything. Uh, again, we will dive into this in a, in a future podcast, dive into it more in, in depth and at length and give you guys our full background with it. 
Um, I just wanted to briefly highlight that today. Uh, you'll see hashtag drive. We're fired up about it. We're going to give you the history behind it. And we look forward to the future episodes because today was a great show. So excited that we were able to get Bert. Um, grateful for his knowledge and wisdom that he's expressed uh, and talked to us about his journey. Um, fired up for the future of this. Drive is what we want to push on your everyday life that you, you have within yourself is that drive. And this is just an easy way that you can tell yourself in the moment during a bad time, hey, drive, drive. And then you can think about all those things and get yourself back on track. Like Jason alluded to, we want to thank Bert Borgman, Assistant Commissioner of Chassa, for joining us on our debut show. We truly appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about a, a, a slew of things. And, and I, I really, uh, truly believe the audience really enjoyed um, hearing what you had to bring to the table, Bert. So thank you once again. Be sure to look out for our next show on June 15th, 2020, two weeks from the debut of this show, where we will have guest Mario Price, Coach Mario Price, Director of Education of the American Football Coaches Association. Super excited. Also host of Inside the Headset, uh, the podcast for coaches as well. Uh, so we're super excited to have Mario Price join us in a couple weeks and have a conversation uh, about more leadership things and about more coaches things and about more motivational things and, you know, and uh, more emotional things and get us all all riled up again. And we're super excited to get this started. We really appreciate you joining us on the drive today. Just follow us on social media at Third and Thirty Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us anywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, any major platform you listen to your podcasts on. You can find us. If you have anything you want to shout us out to, feel free. We are an open book, and we'd love to help you out or talk about anything whatsoever. Jason Chaddock, I appreciate you. Uh, looking forward to driving with you. Um, for plenty and plenty of shows. This is the first of many, and um, I can't wait to continue this journey with you. For Praveen Montabagata, that is Jason Chaddock. This is the 3rd and 30 Podcast.